You're listening to Smart to Death Radio. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Massage talking. And I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. All right, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court WrestleMania 36, hashtag Queen of Pub Connection, hashtag Wrestling Fashion, hashtag the only place that you need to be on Wednesdays is with the Queen and Pup. And of course, on Wednesday, we wear purple. We do wear purple. Do wear purple. So you know what it means. <laughs> I'm wearing purple. That he's wearing purple. I have purple leggings because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, we wear purple. Quarantine. So I got purple leggings on. We're in quarantine. I don't need to wear jeans. Fuck that. <laughs> leggings, sweatpants all day. You can't change my mind. But anywho... The man is here, Mr. JPQ, big paws on a pup, no particular angle, the other half of the Queen of Pup connection. I can't do WrestleMania with anybody else. We started this tradition, and I don't want to do it with anybody else, buddy. I missed recording with you. I know. It's been a while. It's been too long. Um, but yeah, this is a tradition of ours, isn't it? It's becoming a little annual, little hashtag wrestling fashion WrestleMania review uh, with the hashtag Queen and Pup Connection. So I'm excited to be here. It's nice to be back in the castle. I see you redecorated for 2020. Nice to see. Uh, and Change it up. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Let's rock and roll, buddy. We got a lot to break down, a lot to talk about. Um, 16 matches. Yeah, matches is an interesting word for some of these, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. As JBQ will tell you, pre-shows don't matter. Right. So we'll we'll just kind of say big ups, Drew Gulak, you know, PA boy right there. Got to right. give him some some love for you right there. And that match with Cesaro was far too short, but fun. But let's move on to night one, WrestleMania, kicking it off. First thing, big elephant in the room. As we all know, this was a different WrestleMania there was no crowd. There was nothing. And it was the first time ever we had two nights. I felt good about that overall, JPQ. And I even kind of felt good about no fans now that it's all said and done. What did you think overall before we start talking match to match? Uh, I like two nights. Uh, more because, and, I, and we mentioned this on EPW show, WrestleMania weekend is a weekend filled with wrestling from... Every promotion from all over the world where we get to exhaust ourselves the way these independent wrestlers do, um, going match to match, show to show, hour to hour. And it's just a lot of fun. We obviously didn't get that this time around. I did my best. I was plugged into IWTV. Shout out to them. Uh, Defy all these different types of wrestling promotions to try to get my fix on the indie side. But in reality, the only live events this weekend fell with WrestleMania 1, Part 1, WrestleMania Part 2, and I think we needed that. I think as fans who are accustomed now, conditioned to these these longer weekend investments, that you needed you needed two shows, and I think it was smart, and you and I said a couple times, it's nice to be done by 10, 30, 11. It really is. 
That was a treasure. Night one was it was a game changer. Uh, Night one done by 10 p.m. Literally 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I was like, wait, what? I can go to bed on time? What is (laughs) happening? (laughs) This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I I, I know. And the other thing is, too, is is you and Anthony really kind of talked about the sort of sadness of losing all of that amazing indie stuff. All that great, great, great shows that were set up for this weekend. The Collective being one of them in GCW. And, oh, it's sad. But, you know, you paid such good tribute to it on your show. And, you know, Mexicomania was the only one that was quote-unquote live, even though it was pre-recorded. And it is the biggest show of the year. And, you know, it's unique. We had to see what was going to happen. And night one gave us this uh, 10-match card, including the pre-show. And it opens up. With some of our favorite people, in fact, with the women's tag team match with Bliss Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors. And honestly, I mean, we could talk about some things in the match, but we got to talk about the Kabuki Warriors entrance, JPQ, because Kyrie Sane came out in this robe with the shoulder pads, with the feathers and the hat. And the belt around her neck and the color scheme. It was so dark and beautiful. She looked like $10 million. And even Asuka's coat was slightly different color-wise than we've seen before. Different pattern. I liked that. Uh, and when it was the first fashion statement of WrestleMania, what were your thoughts? Uh, so when it comes to Kyrie, I went with dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. Dynamic because I like the blue. You know, that, that sky blue color... It's hard. It's not an easy color. It doesn't work on a good, you know, skin tone wise, it, it doesn't work with everything. So to be able to get something bold right out of the gate is something exactly what I'm looking for for WrestleMania. I'm looking for something to pop. I'm looking for something to be remembered. And Kyrie in blue, I'll remember. Kyrie's been in gray. She's been in, she's been in white for a long time now. You know, mm-hmm. she did black for a little while, but she, you know, she she went bold this time around. And, and I really liked that side of it. Pasca's always fun. She's got the flair. You know, she's going back and forth with all the different colors matching her hair. And that's all well and good. And it's chaos on the eyes. And I like chaos on the eyes. But I think the standout here really goes to Kyrie. To your point about the jacket uh, or the robe, excuse me, um, just perfectly balanced on either side. Uh, There was a nice mix um, of colors throughout it. And the sequins didn't just blow out. Again, there was a nice balance to it, right? Uh, Brought harmony to that side of it. But that blue really stuck out to me. I was a big. I couldn't stop thinking and looking at that color the whole match, and and that was nice. That was nice to say. Yeah, I like that. And plus, it's it's working so well off of that other kind of cobalt blue of the feathers on the top of that jacket. It really yep. made her actual gear pop even more. And just the dark pirate hat. It just shows you, you know, that she's embraced this healer side of the Kabuki Warriors. And it was super fun. You know what wasn't fun? Alexa Bliss's outfit. I had high expectations, my friend. Really high expectations. Because you and I talked a lot about her many, many outfit changes at Mania. We talk about her gear literally all the time whenever we see her make an entrance, especially to bigger things like Rumble or SummerSlam. She always has something cool going on. This was the most plain she's ever been. And I was like, oh, no. And then we also have to talk about poor Nikki Cross's wardrobe malfunction. I felt terrible. 
<laughs> felt terrible for her. I'm like, oh, this ras- wrestling fashion night one is just off to the rails <laughs> when we start off. It was, uh, I can't, yes, to your point, um, you know, we talked about last year, Alexa Bliss going five for five, right? Oh. She was a five for five on all her dresses. You know, she was the host and, and she did everything very, very well with regards to that. This time around, though, I just don't get it. Like, it was, you know, a standard Alexa Bliss costume, right? Pink in the middle, light blue on the outside. She's kind of pulling from everything. It was it was her Harley Quinn meets her, you know, I don't know if you looked on the inside, but it kind of had that, like, Jimmy Neutron kind of star yes. in the middle in yellow. And I don't know if that was driven off of the song Alexa Bliss that Bowling for Soup was going, because she seemed to be wearing that same color scheme in the promotion mm-hmm. for that after WrestleMania 1. But across the board, I don't mind the blue with the magenta with the yellow, with the black. Like right. Those colors work together fine, and she tanned up for this. The eyeshadow was strong. I liked the little hair accessory that she had that kind of brought all that together with the green pop in it. But really, at the end of the day, to your point, it's kind of boring. It's kind of boring. There's nothing about it that that really stood out as being a wow factor. And coming out of last year, you know, my uh, my expectations are pretty high for Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. And I think she kind of dropped the ball this time around. Cute, right? Very cute. But, uh, but nothing that I'm going to remember come six months from now. And that's a shame. Yeah, there's no story. She has stories all the time. She's a mm-hmm. character in some way, shape, or or form. Even in those dresses, she told a story. And there was nothing here other than, I look adorable, which she does. I'm, it's not a bad thing. It's just not Alexa Bliss. But as far as the match goes, we have and new champions in just over 15 minutes. Right or wrong decision here? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, I'm still of the hopes that Kyrie is heading back to stardom. Hashtag watch stardom. And they had to get the title off of her. <sighs> I don't know how much I believe that to be true. I think that's just more of a pipe dream on my side. But I will tell you that her, them winning the titles, Kabuki Warriors retaining, would have done a lot for me to convince me that she wasn't going anywhere. The fact that she's in Japan now, the fact that she's quarantined in Japan, and she just had a three-hour uh, hangout sesh with Rossi Awagawa from um, from Stardom, the, the, the owner of Stardom. Well, things are kind of looking up on my side, and I hope we get her... Moving back over there, she has a lot of tread on her tires. For people that don't know, Kyrie has wrestled forever over in Japan in a very strong style, and she had a lot of bumps. When she came here, she wasn't the same Kyrie, and they're not using her the same, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. She needs to go back, she needs to do a little farewell, and then she needs to retire and move into a position within a company as an ambassador and or general manager or something else because she deserves to be in wrestling, but her wrestling in ring is coming to an end because of all the wear and tear um so just you know i'm not i wasn't thrilled with the match it was an okay match again they didn't really allow alexa excuse me they didn't really allow asuka and Kyrie to do what they do best we saw a better performance of asuka versus Liv than we did asuka in a tag team at wrestlemania with the titles on the line however again if this is a transitional type of uh, uh, new champion so that Kyrie can go either get healed up or move on to greener pastures back in Japan. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the queen. 
Yeah, well, I knew you would be. And you mm-hmm. brought this up so nicely on EPW's uh, show. Shout out to Conrad for having us on for the prediction yeah. show. But, um, you know, I think you're right. I think them retaining would have made me be like, all right, I guess it's not happening. <laughs> but she got <laughs> married recently. She's quarantined in Japan. It's possible. Anything's possible in the wide world. And to be honest with you, I like Asuka solo in WWE more than I like her as a tag team. And that's no offense to Kyrie at, at all. I understand. I like the yep. Kabuki Warriors. But for me, Asuka's a singles competitor and I want her on top. Moving on to my two least favorite people in the whole wide world, JPQ. <laughs> Couldn't hate them anymore. <laughs> Elias versus King Corbin. Now, what I will tell you is the last time we talked about this, we were going, I was going off about the jeggings. Right. Guess what hasn't changed, buddy? Not a <laughs> single thing on that man. Most of so- most of Elias is the same. He's still wearing jeggings, except now he's wearing wrestling t-shirts that are cut off and weird bracelets, which he still had. But, like, it's toned down on the jewelry side, but we haven't let go of the leggings. But you know what has been let go? Kay Garvin's vest. And I'm very, very happy that that is now gone, because I can't stand that thing. Or the button-down shirt. I'm very happy that he's in a black tank top. So don't come for me, people, okay? I've moved on. I'm not. I'm annoyed. I want the vest back. Talk to me. You want it back? Well, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking, uh, give me a vest that's robed out. Like, I, I wanted him to double down on the vest. When he won King of the Ring, I wanted him, I wanted the robe to be cut in the style of a vest with, you know, the, the, the drapery down the backside being there all fancy and royal and just this grandiose, goofy-looking hybrid of a mess just to piss you off. Uh, not because I thought I would look good, but because it would just every week I would be getting a text from Queen saying, you have got to get this shit off my television. And and it's a missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity by him. He really could have doubled down on the royal vest. Um, so, you know, there's that. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. <laughs> well, you know what I what I could take away from this is why was this even at WrestleMania, buddy. I don't even know. And the, the the thing that makes me even more mad is it was like it was nine minutes long, and it was longer than Cesaro versus Drew, which was like an actual real wrestling match, in my opinion. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this match is happening at WrestleMania. I don't know why we're supposed to care about it. I don't know why they faked out that Elias wasn't gonna come just to have him come. Did we really need to hear King Corbin on the mic be like, "Oh, let's just declare me the winner"? Why? What is the purpose of this? It's WrestleMania. Like, you don't need to cut a promo in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania if you have an opponent who's going to be there. Like, it's just, if anything, you should have put Elias out there to do a song and have Corbin interrupt, you know, or or have it, make it, like, pivot it. Make it, you make you think it's going to be Elias in the middle of the ring, and then when you get closer, you realize it's King Corbin, and then Elias attacks from behind, right, when he starts singing or whatever the case is. But for Corbin, and I like Corbin. Again, I think he is a chicken shit heel. I think he's got a pompous, cocky nature to him that's just natural from from the world in which he comes from, which is the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that comes from money in the sense of being in the NFL. So he's not scratching for bread, you know. And because of all that, he kind of has this lackadaisical approach to how he's perceived, and he utilizes it to his advantage. So from a character perspective, I love his arrogance. But you don't need to be shopping a promo prior to a nine-minute match in which you barely wrestled 
It was more of a nonsense back and forth. This was a SmackDown match. This was a Raw match. This was a filler match. On the grandest stage of them all, second match in with no crowd. Why am I invested? I'm not. I'm glad it was nine minutes. It was the best decision they made the entire night, in my opinion. 100%. Fast, quick, goodbye, over. Also, last year, Elias was singing a song with himself and like his own little 3MB situation. And he got interrupted by the Doctor of Thugonomics. So, like, that was the best. Now you give me this? No, thank you. So let's move on from there. That's enough time. Let's talk about this because there's a lot of controversy here, including this jacket that I have to talk with you about. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Third match of the night. This is a toughie. I think it was a good match overall. The ending, though, absolute trash. I yeah. just I just think they screwed the pooch with that. And this is now another WrestleMania where the finish to Becky Lynch's match can be talked about in a negative way. That, I think, is a bad move. But I also think props to you because you were right. This match happened on a Saturday. Becky retains. She gets the one year in. They even mentioned that on Raw or wherever they mentioned it. I can't remember. Everything runs together when it all looks the same, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I think they mentioned it on Raw, pretty sure, when she was talking to Kayla. She's like, yeah, it feels good. I got 365 days in. I made the year. And I was like, oh, GPQ. He predicted it. <laughs> but uh, this jacket, talk to me about Becky Lynch's jacket because, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you first. I don't know. I mean, since she came in in, what, a semi, if I remember correctly, you know, with the man plastered all over it, which would have been a hell of a lot cooler if it was like a monster truck, right? Yes. That would have been dope. I know you did it with Austin. But if you're going to steal a finish from Kyrie from four months ago, you might as well. You Hello. might as well steal from Austin from 15 years ago. Tell uh, him. And I, but I liked, I liked the, 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 the Mack truck, right? I, I did not, I did not like it. But it's just like, how does it work with the character? It doesn't, right? Here's the thing. That gold stitched that way, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It's square patterns. Um, it's padded. You know, it's it's not bulky, but it's an it's a tweener, right? It just shows no figure, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't give enough to her form as she's walking to the ring with that thing around her waist and then the fishnets, you know, at the bottom. I couldn't tell where her hips started, and that's hard enough with Becky, right? But where her hips started and her shoulders ended, it was just this straight line, top to bottom, through her through her abdomen and torso section that. It just doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't. Becky's hard enough, and I got a whole bunch of things to say on Becky with regards to her character versus mm-hmm. how she goes about presenting herself uh, to the ring, right? And that's kind of what wrestling fashion is, right? It's how their look plays into their character, right? And that's how this whole thing started a few few years ago between you and I was discussing these types of things. She is a mixed mash of nonsense you know it's they do not know how to dress her she does not know how to dress herself and because those two things do not work together you know every time she comes to the ring it's just a big effing question mark for me right we talked safety yellow last year in the wrestlemania main event you know now we're talking you know fishnets on you know a a two-piece that rides all the way up past her belly button her torso piece comes all the way down almost to, to where her shorts start and with a little midsection. I mean a little midsection. I'm talking maybe an inch, 
You know, what I mean? why not just make the whole damn thing a one piece at that point? You know, and I'm not saying that would be an improvement. I'm just saying, like, spare the extra fabric and and cover her 100 percent, because what's the point otherwise? You know, to have so I like that it was all black. I like how the black plays with her red hair. You know what I mean? I like the beauty makeup. I think it was very subtle this time around. Right. She you know, little eye shadow underneath. You know, she her hair was done the right way. She didn't braid it out. She split it on the right side and she let it. She wore it down and she wore it straight. I appreciated that. I think it was a good lasting impression, you know, with the way it kind of got frazzled over the course of the match. I think it laid well when she was done wrestling. So all those are good decisions. But if you're coming out in beauty makeup and you're coming out with a little eyeshadow and you're showing this softer side of yourself, and that's kind of been the Becky that we've seen for a little while, but you're the man showing up in a Mack truck, well, those two things don't jive. I like the narrative that I'm creating in my head of a softer man character, right? And we kind of got that on Raw the next night, you know? She's losing her edge. And it's not a bad thing, but she's starting to lose that cocky, pompous, you know, uh, antagonistic, anti-hero type of role. And she's kind of settling into the fact that she's a goat. Okay, tell me you're a goat. Tell me that you're an individual who's not going to play by the lines of being the man. That that you that that we the WWE universe have a a misconception on what the man is because the man can be anything to anybody at any time. And if I want to wear soft features, well, then I'm going to wear soft features. and I'm going to make this shit work. Do something to explain yourself because right now you don't look like the man. You look like Becky Lynch and you look like a very pretty Becky Lynch. I'm a fan of a very pretty Becky Lynch, but it doesn't fit the character. I don't know if they know where they're going with her. And I think that's a lot of her look told me that at WrestleMania. I think you're right. And that's the exact nail on the head right there. This look, this presentation, and even her promo on Raw, show us, show me that they don't know what they're doing with her. And she doesn't know what she's doing with her. She just beat Shayna Baszler who, until she lost the title, was undefeated. Okay? So now you're telling me that the man is the GOAT, as you mentioned. The man is the person to beat. She's the best of the best, especially now that Charlotte is gone. Cool. Why are you wearing crappy cuts for your body clothing? Know what your body is. The first thing about fashion is, how can I wear this outfit? Does this look good on my body type? Does this fit me the right way? That's why custom suits are the better option, because they're tailored to you. And when it's tailored to you, you feel more confident within that piece of clothing. It fits you. It feels good on you. If I'm picking my outfit, to go on the grandest stage of them all. It will fit me, it will complement my body and my features, and it will represent who I'm supposed to be as a character. None of those things happen with Becky Lynch. The one inch midsection drove me insane. Make it a one piece, stop it. That was my biggest complaint. But the jacket is the thing that ticked me off the most. Right. What is this jacket? Why is it cut in that pattern? What is the color scheme? Why do we keep having hues of yellow with this girl? Stop it. 
We didn't like it last year, and I don't like it now just because you're trying gold. to pretend that it's gold. It's yellow gold, but like gross yellow gold, not right. nice yellow gold. Right. There's it's a like school ring yellow gold. Yes. It's the <laughs> it's the five cent nickel ring that you get out of the thing at the grocery store. Right. Boo boo. You're the top of the con- uh, top of the company. Stop. You want to see Stop. how yellow gold should work? Look at Bianca Belair. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Moving yeah. on. Very good. So match, disaster of an ending. She beat Shayna Baszler. My concern is now, what do we do? Yeah, I mean it's a good ending. It's just been done. Like right. Baszler lost this. She learned from this against Kyrie. She and did. And now at WrestleMania, after a couple good promos, after good hype, after you've destroyed everybody in the Royal Rumble, now you're gonna go in there and you're going to learn from your mistake. Are you not going to learn from your mistake from six months ago? Are you going to forget what you learned from your mistake six months ago or whenever the timeline fits that? It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's just – it was a miss for me. It was a good match. You know, I will tell you this. I thought it was a good back and forth. I thought it was good trading. I thought there was – I really do enjoy watching Becky wrestle when she's wrestling against somebody that 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 can carry their side of it, right? When, when Becky is carrying the match, it's problematic. When Becky yeah. is in there with somebody who can go toe-to-toe with her and keep speed with her, I think Becky's one of the best going, you know? And it's tough because she's so much better than a lot of people give her credit for. She's almost like a, a good football team that plays down to the talent on the other side during the regular season. Is she? I'm not going to say she phones it in. I'm just saying that the chemistry gets a little mixed up every once in a while in some of these matches that she does. Uh, this was not one of those times. This was a good back and forth between her and Shayna. They seemed comfortable with each other. They seemed like they knew what they were doing. Their one hand was, you know, feeding the other in a, in a sense. Um, finish was weird, but I thought Becky sold well through this. And Shayna, although I'm not, I don't understand why we take these tough women and take a shotgun to their face with eyeshadow. Every single time, but between her and Rhonda, I just do not understand. And I don't know if that was like foreshadowing for when Rhonda returns, if when Rhonda returns at a later date and like that's going to be their thing moving forward. They're going to be like, you know, the the eyeshadow warriors or what. I don't get it. But <laughs> the black it, eyeshadow warriors. It just she is this dominant thing. And I like the red. Right. I didn't like, I like the red, too. Yeah. I didn't like the design on. um the uh, the top I didn't like the gold that kind of went up around her chest and out to out to her shoulders um but I did like the gold red on the pants I like the color red I like the gold uh spade down her legs on either side I thought that uniformity worked well I just didn't understand what they were trying to pull off on the chest and I kept trying to look and it's hard to tell you know um still don't really know it looked like two blocks coming up you know it was like Mario blocks coming up on either side of her uh, that was weird. But yeah, match overall, yeah, I was fine with it. Outside the finish, I thought it was a good match. Yeah. And I like Shayna Baszler so much more than I like Ronda Rousey. But when she came out with that fucking eyeshadow, I was like, come on, people. Disrespectful. Stop it. (laughs) I could do better with my eyes closed. Oh, it drives me crazy. And and they're kind of leaning into this whole teasing of like a vampire type vibe. Dude, either commit or get off the pot. You know, it's like, I can't. Make I'll a decision. Get off the pot. She's yeah, too get off good the pot. To have a gimmick. Get off the real pot is is the actual answer. But like, if you're gonna do something, just do it. Don't 
Oh, swishy-washy crap is BS. Speaking of things that I can't deal with, Sami Zayn hair. Oh, boy. Uh, so Sami Zayn, of course, is in a match with Daniel Bryan. Oh, man. When you see those two names going for the Intercontinental title, you got to be excited. And I was, and I was not disappointed. I was a little sad that it was only nine minutes wouldn't change. But, like, I get why it was only nine minutes and change. And it felt good. It wasn't a bad timeline. It was no. very nice for what they gave us. And we got a little bit of old school Sammy. And that was nice to see. And I think what all of us were kind of waiting for, especially in this match, right? Um, so, of course, Sami Zayn comes out with Cesaro and Shinsuke. And DB comes out with Drew Gulak. And we have this match and experience. Not much wrestling fashion to talk about here. But Sami Zayn's hair is <laughs> crazy. What is going on? Who is know. he right now? He's That's GI, my problem. He's GI Sammy. He's, he's GI Generico is what he is. You oh, like that, don't you? I do like that. We should make a t-shirt. <laughs> I go and so. It's, he's, yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I thought the best dressed of those three was Cesaro because he's always the best dressed out of those three. Always sharp. Very sharp. That's the word. He's very sharp. Um, I'm going to let... <laughs> I'm gonna let Shinsuke do what Shinsuke does. You know how I feel about the bodysuit, and it seems as if he invested much money into very different designs of that bodysuit. So I've kind of made peace with that coming out of last year. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what's there to say? We got this the wrestler, right? We have a very Shibata-esque look to uh, um, Daniel Bryan here, wow. and we have GI Generico on the other side, and that's just. That's just what this was on the fashion side. Good match. Nine minutes. IC title was elevated a little bit. A step or two. Not Nothing crazy. But, you know, it was a better showing of the IC title than we've had in years past. I appreciate that. But at the end of the day, a bit of a snoozer. One we're not going to remember. No, definitely not. But I am happy that Sammy retained. I'm happy that he's keeping his first real, you know, championship. And let's see what he does. I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. But now we have to move on to a match that I feel like we are going to remember for a couple of spots, but mostly for a wrestling fashion moment that I think has been one of the most brilliant things happening uh, fashion-wise on the men's side. I begged last year, JPQ begged, men, step it up. And the freaking New Day answered, hallelujah. (laughs) So in a very interesting twist, as we know, The Miz was not able to attend. He was sick. And uh, they changed this tag team championship match to a triple threat ladder match instead. One representative from each team, John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston, of course, for the SmackDown tag team champions uh, championship, excuse me. And in a match that lasted 18 minutes and a half long. And boy, oh boy. Did we get a whole lot of fun? This was the one I, w- I was looking forward to, I think, the most on this card uh, in terms of actual wrestling other than Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan because the you include ladders and Kofi and, and the Usos, and then you're bringing back a returning Morrison for a ladder match. I got to be excited about it. Yeah. And his agility and his ability to walk across those ropes, I was like, the balance, the core strength. It was cool to see John Morrison in this match with these two. I really, really enjoyed it. But the fashion moment, we got to talk about it. The paint by numbers. 
outfit that we've gotten from the New Day, which is just Kofi and Biggie, of course, because Xavier is out, that gives you the color scheme, paint by numbers on the back, has been slowly filling in. Okay? Slowly, slowly filling in. Color by color. It started off as all white. <sighs> Boy, is it good. It, it may be... Ooh, I don't know. Should I say it? I think I might. It may be my favorite wrestling fashion moment other on night one. And maybe yeah. overall. I don't know about... Uh, well, hmm, overall. Maybe. Maybe. I got... I got a soft spot for Kyrie, so I know you do. <laughs> we'll see, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean the paint by here's here's what I'm hoping. We like interactiveness, right? We like we investment in our fashion mm-hmm. at at WrestleMania and, and beyond. And I want to see these paint by colors lead somewhere. Like when this outfit finally gets painted, and we're back, what does that mean? Does that mean that Xavier's back? Does that mean that we're in a tag team championship match in which Kofi and, and New Day win it? Is Kofi going, or excuse, uh, yeah, Kofi and um, Big E win it? Is it mean Kofi's back in the main event picture for the WWE championship? What does this paint by color mean? You have an opportunity here, WWE. I'm invested in the paint by colors. I want to see what this picture looks like when it's done. What's the story you're trying to tell with it outside of just being fun? And if it's just fun, I can live with that because it's so different than what they've done in the past. But it would be cool if you throw a wrinkle in there for the people that are paying attention. Um, if it led somewhere once those colors were finally painted it. As far as the match goes, yeah, shout out to John Morrison, uh, 40 years old. And that was probably one of the best Starship pains I've seen him hit in a very long time. Uh, yeah. It's a gimmicky move. It's a fun move. It's his move, you know, but it's one that hasn't really changed in the last 18 years of him wrestling, Um, whether it be Lucha Underground or Impact or anywhere in between. This cat has been pulling that move out everywhere to see him hit it at WrestleMania in an empty room. (laughs) It's again, I'll tell you, it's harder to do in an empty room than it is in front of people. You know, your adrenaline's not to what the level would be if with 40, 50, 60, 80,000 people watching you. But uh yeah, I thought this was a great back and forth. I hated the finish. You know, that I was know. the theme of night one for me. Um, I thought it was a fine finish. It just came off weird, right? Like, when you have three people up there, okay, I'm bought in. But then when two of them grab it, and they grab the gold-plated thing, the holder, and and John Morrison's able to grab the titles and pull the titles down while he's falling, that only works if he grabs the titles and you can see him grab the titles and fall with the titles. Instead, we had a camera shot of when he falls, titles go with him, titles are in the air, titles don't go with him, and then you sit there staring at Kofi and, and was it Jimmy? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, confused. And then the camera then pans out and switches over to, to John Morrison on the ground with the titles on his chest just by happenstance. A little confusing on the eye. Overall, though, again, finishes kind of suck, but the match was very good. That was 17 and a half minutes of strong, strong performance from three great people that ultimately led to a finish that was a little lackluster in execution. But, hey, I'll take it because it was something different, and I I appreciate different. I do, too. I really do appreciate different. I also forgot to mention, it was remiss to mention, Kofi Kingston's hair was also wrapped in the same colors that are on his gear. Pink, orange, blue, yellow, 
and yellow green, and green mm-hmm. or a greenish blue. Whatever it is, it's that color scheme. And it's very, very good. Yes. I love, 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 love. Um, so the next thing was like a weird like 24-7 blah. And I don't really care to talk about that. Um, but it was Mojo defeating R-Truth because Gronk. And um, we'll leave it at that. Uh, also, leave the Jersey Shore closed at home if you're not from the Jersey Shore. No thanks. JPQ is doing the fist bump, and I appreciate right. that. But goodbye, Gronk and Mojo. Anywho, let's talk about this because we had a text exchange going on in our little group hangouts, and this was the time that we were on opposite sides of the aisle. So, so this is going to get interesting. Of course, we're talking about Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins in a in a weird match. This was weird. Now, it had really good parts, but the pacing I thought was awkward, especially the disqualification and then the restarting of the match. I think the ending was absolutely phenomenal. It gave us a WrestleMania moment. Kevin Owens is crazy. I love seeing Seth Rollins get beat up. It's one of my favorite things ever. So I like I appreciate that. And the ending is good. But did we really need the intermediate part? I don't think so. I feel like it made it like why are we doing this? Like, that's just so dumb. You shouldn't have had him DQ him in the first place. Just keep it going. So we didn't have to have a no DQ match. Cause that's something you could have saved for later. No, I don't know. It's just me. It, it, if you're going to end it that way, then end it that way. And then the next time they meet, have a no DQ match. And it tells your story that you're trying to accomplish. The stop start thing really bothers me, especially at WrestleMania. I didn't like it. I could have done without that, but I think the spot, is the best thing to talk about in terms of the match. Uh, It was really explosive. Even with no people there, it felt like a big deal. And I could only just imagine the people screaming bloody murder when Kevin hit Seth off the top of that WrestleMania sign, if there was actually a crowd. Right. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, I agree with you on the stop-start. Didn't enjoy that at all. I actually tweeted out, boo, like, this is WrestleMania for fuck's sake. And yep. you, this is supposed to be the culmination of some of your biggest, most highlighted storylines that you have going at the back, you know, half of the year, back third of the year. And look, I give Seth Rollins a lot of shit. Um, it was just funny because I'm a big Tyler Black guy and I was a big Seth Rollins fan for a very long time. And I don't know, just something about face Rollins just irks me. And then... Who's starting to get back into kind of his childlike mentality. Um, you know, I, I used the word pompous earlier, but it kind of fits here as well. Uh, he plays the heel. He plays the the jerk off so well that as someone who doesn't watch WWE, I found myself genuinely interested in this Monday Night Messiah. I enjoyed the fact that he come out or that he came out looking like Jesus Christ. I thought that was humorous on my side. Um you know, and okay, like you're leaning into it, you're committing to the character, and half the time that's my issue with a lot of people in WWE, so I'm not going to knock the man for trying to take lemons and make lemonade out of it. But if you're going to do, to your point, if you're going to do a, you know, it's not even a dusty finish. If you're, if you're going to do a DQ, then save it for Money in the Bank. Save it for yeah. a continuation. You don't do it at WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the finality. So either make it a DQ going into it because there's enough there to make it a DQ with the way these two hate each other. You have an empty arena. Give us an empty arena match. 
Give us something different, right? Make it make sense why Kevin Owens is coming off the top of the WrestleMania sign. If not, then just make it a false count anywhere and be done with it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a hundred different ways you could have played this. I don't love the fact that it took three minutes to reset um, to get the build towards the finish. I thought it was a, a misdirect that was unneeded. It was unnecessary. Uh, on the fashion side, but I thought it was a good match overall, right? And a good mm-hmm. WrestleMania moment for KO, which I kind of thought was coming. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Two good performances in there. So, like, again, the match overall was good. It's just that one little spot mm-hmm. I thought was a little weird. So where the Funky. finishes have been an issue up to this point, this was a weird finish the first time around, better the second time around. I want to talk Seth Rollins' fashion for a second. Okay. I've been trying. I've been waiting. I've been clamoring for the white pants to come back, right? I wanted the WrestleMania white pants to come back. I like the white pants on Rollins this time around. Here's what I didn't like. I didn't like the fact that he didn't have a belt, right? Functionality over fashion sometimes, right? It doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense for you to be wearing pants and doing all the crazy athleticism that you're doing and not wearing a belt. I get that you're Jesus Christ. I get that Jesus Christ probably didn't need a belt, right? (laughs) The Holy Spirit kept his pants up, but <laughs> you ain't Jesus Christ, bro. You know what I mean? Put some, you know, put a belt on, um, make that, make that cohesion on the, on the bottom half of, uh, of your body make sense to me. At the same time, you come out wearing Monday Night Messiah. You are at WrestleMania. You come out. It should say Mania Night Messiah. You know what I mean? You need to own that you own the night and you didn't do that. Thought that was a miss, right? Why are you going with your normal tag in a night when, one, it's not Monday? You should lose this match because you're the Messiah on Monday nights. You're not the Messiah of Mania, clearly. And that's why Kevin Owens beat you. Kevin Owens came out in a fight Owens fight, WrestleMania 4 card shirt. You know what I mean? He owned the night. Right there, there's a little foreshadowing for you, right? One person took it seriously at Mania. The other person is an egotistical maniac, Right? That's what these. That's the story of the fashion, and that's how the the story played out in ring. There's levels to this, folks. You guys gotta, you just gotta peel back the onion to figure out the answer. That's what we're here for. We're here to guide you to okay. understanding what this means in wrestling fashion, because you're exactly correct. And this is why you were like, yeah, Seth and White, dope. And I was like, I'm holding up my nope sign. And here's why, <laughs> buddy. Here's why. Okay. To your point, he should have amped this character to the millionth percent it's wrestlemania if you're the biggest egomaniac you're calling yourself the monday night messiah you're the prophet blah 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 listen to me i'll save you go fuck yourself i hate you anyway (laughs) there's that okay if this were me and this is the character that i'm leaning into and i know that i'm coming to wrestlemania i am going to take that white robe jacket and I'm going to put it all the way to the floor. It will not be cut off before my knee. No, 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 no. It's going to be draped all the way down. It's going to have drapery. It's going to have that pleat in it so you can really get the majesty of what you're going for. The lining, I think, is fine. But the back of that thing should have had Mania Night Messiah, something like that, like you mentioned. It should have had something on there to make him feel like he's the bigger deal than he believes, you know, that we believe that he is, but he thinks he's that person. Right. So we should see that amplified in his clothing. Plus here's the problem with the white. 
he came out in the white the first time with the uh, with the context and the body and the the whole vibe of his persona when he wore white the first time was so good. It was beyond good. And then you give me this, this lackluster phoning it in gear. Absolutely not. I don't take you seriously in the first place. But if you're going to lean in, lean all the way in. I want to see pompous, egomaniac, megalomaniac, like cult leader vibes. And I got none of that. Plus, Brody Lee did it better. So, see ya. <laughs> I mean, he did come out as Jesus Christ. I mean, that's pretty He did pompous. come out as Jesus Christ. That's but pretty, like, that's up there. But, like, my Jesus Christ would come out in a better robe, just saying. Naturally. If it were me. Anyway, that's that decision. But overall, I think you're right. The match was good. Um, Now, I, there's a lot of things that I want to say about this next match. This was the championship match. It definitely didn't main event for obvious reasons. But it was the last wrestling match, if you will, of the night. Which was for the Universal Championship which was supposed to be Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. But of course we found out the day before that it was going to be Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Um, not a lot that I want to say about this because I just don't feel like it's relevant and no one really cares. And uh, everybody was very, very upset that Goldberg won the title in the first place. And then, you know, we've, <laughs> I remember someone was saying, I think Pop said, you know, it was, Finally, at the time that Roman Reigns was going to win a title and not get booed out of the building <laughs> for the first time ever. Um, so he didn't get that, but we got Braun Strowman. And for whatever reason, he beat Goldberg. I don't like Braun Strowman either. So <laughs> we're in a kind of like, I don't care about this whatsoever thing. But it was under three minutes, which was my prediction. Yep. And uh, we got two minutes and ten seconds on the dot. Which you timed, I know. Yeah. Um. So overall thoughts, because there's clearly clearly no fashion to talk about here. Well, I'll, I'll talk a little fashion. Uh, oh, this motherfucker. Short... <laughs> no, well, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I've made peace with Goldberg shorts a long oh. time ago. I'm just. Uh, in fact, I'd be a little disappointed if he came out in something other than shorts. I mean, Goldberg and pants. Could you imagine? Uh. Oh, uh, terrible. <laughs> oh. But this motherfucker won a world championship in a tank top. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like this is ridiculous. And like it's it's crazy to me, you know. Like <laughs> so did Kevin Owens. Before. Yeah, but that's Kevin Owens' shtick. Like this yeah, dude always wore true. like the tight leotard underneath, and it was always like the like super wet slapstick thing that he had. Like yeah. I, okay, I, I get that, but like this dude, man, you are a monster. You know, you are you are a, uh, a monster among men. Right? This is Braun Strowman's. Get these hands. This cat could have came out ripped his shirt off, showed a physical or physicality side to his character, taken three spears, hit his finisher three times, and got the belt and told a little better of a story than he did. Instead, he shows up wearing a lifting tee, you know, with his logo on it, and and he walks out of there, you know, with, with a stretched out tank top on as if he's about to head back to the gym, you know, and that's... I can't, I can't invest in that, right? Now, I don't like the guy to begin with. I don't like Goldberg. So it's irrelevant to me. The best thing about this match was the booking. Two and a half minutes, get them in, get them the fuck out. Give them their checks, get them out. You know what I mean? I'm not, I don't have a problem with Braun winning because although I don't like Braun and what he said about the independent scene, 
it is one of those things where Braun Strowman is in a lose-lose position. You got to replace Roman Reigns last minute with no build and no commitment to build from WWE creative in the lead into this match. You get a mention on the go-home show a night before it happens on SmackDown. You're not going to get over because of this. But you could have done something. You know, you could have changed the hair. You could have cleaned up the beard. You c- something different. You know, you could have just taken the shirt off and shown the mountain that is the man and and played into the fact that this guy ain't going to be able to get through you. You didn't. You went out there and you you wrestled for two minutes. Not <laughs> wrestled. You wrestled for two <laughs> minutes. And you took each other's finishers three times each, and then you got the hell out of there. Okay. It is what it is, but you had an opportunity to do something. You didn't. It's a disappointment. Big time disappointment, and I just don't care to talk about it anymore. Yep. So, final match of the night, match 10, Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match of 19 minutes of pure cinematic absolute joy. Fashion was dope because we got the American badass Taker back with an entrance theme music and it was Metallica and it was dope and we got badass Taker on a bike, on a bike. It, oh, I mean, what more do you want out of that? AJ looked like AJ, a couple different color things, red on the glove, loved that. Uh, what can we say about this? This was pure freaking magic. I didn't know what to expect going in. This is how I want Undertaker to do things until he has his very last final match in the ring. Right. Yeah. What do you think? I'm okay with it. I think okay. as the two nights um, transpired, um, I think they missed. And I'll save that for the end when we talk about Bray and John. Sure. Um, for what this match was, I thought it was outstanding that that WWE took the leap of faith to to give us something that we haven't given before or we haven't gotten before. We talked about this on EPW's prediction show, right? Yep. I this is an opportunity for WWE to do something different. Take that money, take the take the lemons that is coronavirus and turn it into lemonade for the fans at WrestleMania by giving us something that we are not ready for. They did that this time around. They used some CGI, they used some de-aging stuff to make Undertaker look more invincible than he already is. Good cut screen. They brought in that guy who did Matt Hardy's deleted stuff, and and he did a fantastic job with the cinematography that went into this match. I thought they told a great story. I love the back and forth banter, uh, banter, ta- uh, the shit talking between the two of them. I enjoyed that. You know, the the um, Gallows and Anderson were there, and they played a part, but they didn't play a significant part. And then the unholy Trinity showed up, and guess what? It's not rehabbed wrestlers from the past. It's just, you know, the Druids coming out and helping Undertaker in a different format than what we're accustomed to them seeing. I liked all that. I thought it was a good story to be told. I thought it was a game-changing type of uh, um, WrestleMania moment, right? It's a different reason for remembering WrestleMania than what we're accustomed to. I watch Makai, right? I watch all these goofy, random wrestling, you know, interpretations. I'm 100% on board with uh, the the cinet- cinematography that went into this type of match, after two nights, it sits a little less for me, which I'll explain later. But overall, yeah, sure, yeah, eight out of ten, nine out of ten. Like I thought this was fantastic. This is one of the best Taker showings that we've had in a very long time. And AJ Styles is fun to hate. I don't hate the man, but he is fun to hate as a heel. 
Um, I thought this hit. I thought this hit on every level. I was really happy with this match. Yeah, I thought this was a home run, especially given this card to end night one the way that it did. Right. By 10 o'clock EST. It felt real good. I was riding a big, big high. It got me very excited for what we're about to see on night two. And the more I think about night two, the more I hate night two. So let's uh, <laughs> let's dive into that, people. Yeah. Um, Pre-shows, as we know, don't matter. Nope. But we did have Natalia versus Liv Morgan in a almost six and a half minute singles match. Liv Morgan looking like a hot piece right now with the, that black outfit. Woo, Delali is very good. It's very good. She is. She looks on another level, and I wish that they she had come out with that from the get go, and the Lana thing never happened. But thank God that's a thing of the past, and yeah. I can just stare at her and be very happy. Thought Natalia looked great. She always does. She kicks it out of the park for me all the time. The jacket this time with the dangly pieces, excellent, excellent fashion. But the real fashion moment happened at the top of the real beginning of WrestleMania Night Two with Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship in a 20 and a half minute long match. And holy shit, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. That robe. Mm-hmm. Holy mother. It's black navy gold purple vibes with the black feathers. I mean, she like heel vibed it in the only way that Charlotte Flair can with this color robe. It had that slight bluish hue to the black, but not too blue. It was perfect the way that it was. with And the, and the beautiful appliques of the gold and her all-purple gear, which, as we know, hello, we always wear purple. Yeah. I, love, I love a good dark purple on Charlotte Flair. I think it was great. I thought she's looked the best makeup-wise and hair-wise in a very long time. Very happy about that. It, her hair didn't look too terrible either by the time the match was over, which is always a concern. I know that we, you know, you know, we talk about her a little bit with that, her extensions and things uh, of that nature. But she ended up coming out victorious. Rhea Ripley's outfit was so vastly different than anything we've ever seen Rhea in before. Rhea in white and blue. I was very confused, but then it was kind of like a you know anime nod. Uh, but I, I don't know, like. It looked really good on her. It just was so jarring because we've always seen her in like black and fishnets and zippers and, you know, hooks and pulls and, and things that are very grungy and rock oriented. And now we see her in this bright white and blue. Um, it was weird, but it played a uh, stark opposition to Charlotte's royal purple. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with everything that you said about Charlotte. I think, you know, I think this is the first time um, that I can remember in a long time that I don't believe I could be wrong, but I don't think she had a weave in this time. I don't think she did. Um, and if she did, it was a very subtle one. You know, usually that thing's all gangly all over the place by the end of her matches. And this one felt like her hair was positioned better when she won the title and her profile at the end showed more control than I'm accustomed to coming out of her matches. So because of that, I'm I'm pleased. Uh, obviously, the gold royalty, you know, it, it plays into the flair mantra very, very well. She wins another championship. People are going to hate her by the end. She's going to win the most championships in the history of any or world championships in the history of wrestling, male yep. or female. Uh, she is tra- she's on the trajectory for that. And people can talk about the significances behind those all you want. At the end of the day, she's going to rank number one. And you're just going to have to live with that. On top of that, 
she might be break break or she might break Undertaker's record at WrestleMania as well. So, yeah. And I'm sure there's probably a how many times have you won or defended the championship at WrestleMania record that she's probably sniffing already that she's probably going to take as number one as well. She is going to go down as probably the most accomplished superstar in the history of the world of professional wrestling. Y'all just need to accept that, right? Get I don't on board. care that she's a flair. I don't they're investing in her, right? And you just gotta respect the fact that they're willing to commit to a character like that day in, day out, year in, year out. My problem lies twofold. Mm-hmm. Number one, you're sacrificing Rhea to tell that story. Right? Yeah. Rhea is in no position right now with how hot she is. Yeah, she cooled off a little. You know, but part of the part of the fun about WrestleMania is the culmination of putting over the next big thing. Rhea, who can afford this loss, sure. Right? You can make the case it's not her time. But why? She's red hot. NXT is a brand that needs investment from the main roster. Charlotte is polarizing. Rhea is new. You had the opportunity to to raise the profile of your NXT Women's Champion that has the best start to finish roster in all the professional wrestling, right? In the NXT Women's wrestler or, uh, uh, roster, in which. You could have brought more eyes to that product on Wednesday nights. You could have made it more competitive between AEW and NXT. Notice that I did not say AEW and WWE. People just got to get that out of their minds right now, right? Maybe one day, hopefully, but that's like a decade off. You oh, know? at <laughs> least, yes. You've got so much time before that's even a thing, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, you, you could have done some things here. Instead, now you got Charlotte going down there, and the people that like Charlotte are going to tune in. But the people that don't like Charlotte have no interest in go watching NXT for Charlotte and Flair. So interesting booking there. Annoyed that Rhea lost, but good match overall. I'll tell you, probably the best wrestling match out of the two nights, in my opinion. Let's talk Rhea. She came out as Vegeta from yep. Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Dragon Ball Z is probably the most known, if not the most accepted anime manga series of all time. Vegeta himself was a bad guy turned good guy turned bad guy again turned good guy who was always competing with the best guy to be number one you kind of had that story taking shape in the ring between charlotte flair and ray ripley right she's Mm -hmm. the goku although not really the goku but you know but as far as like status goes like she is number one right goku was number one now you have Vegeta and you have this angst and you have this, you know, uh, rejection of authority and I'm going to do it my way. And I'm the prince, right, or the princess in this instance. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to be the one, you know, that that's going to reign supreme. And she fits that narrative with the clothes. I don't have an issue with it because it's WrestleMania and I expect characters during WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio Jr. was never the Joker. You know what I mean? He was never the Flash. But at WrestleMania, you got a superhero every once in a while, right? Same thing here, as far as I'm concerned, with regards to our Rhea Ripley. Um, The only thing I didn't like about her outfit was the fishnet um, in the front. The open skin with the fishnets over top of it. I like that they went white with it, because they could have screwed that up by either going nude or going, um, uh, going black. But why? You don't need it. It's got to be weird to wrestle in something like that. Maybe not. I don't know. 
but it on the eyes it was very strange because you see this one image of that's giving you this Vegeta vibe, right? And this badassery that's associated with Vegeta, especially if you're a fan of Dragon Ball Z like myself. But then you're looking at tattoos, you know what I mean, that are on her thighs and on her legs. And I'm a fan of tattoos. It just doesn't work with the narrative that they're trying to tell with with what she's wearing. I thought that was a misstep. Um, overall, though, to your point, the white halter on uh, or the, the 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 white top with the royal blue with the with the gold or the yellow trim, it all worked together. It gave me the vibe that they were going for. Big win for for Rhea at WrestleMania Part Two. I think so too. This is a this was a great showing for her. She went toe to toe with the best wrestler in, of course, WWE's mind, and and I would say one of the top females in WWE. You've got to put EO in that conversation. Sorry, I just think you do. But um, <clears throat> I thought that the match overall was the best wrestling match. I thought it was great. The 20 and a half minutes was perfect time-wise. I thought it just was hard-hitting, super fun. They told a story. She hurt her knee from the get-go. Charlotte was all over that, and it it made her Rhea look excellent. Um, and, you know, I think for a business decision, they believe that Charlotte Flair has a lot of star power, and to her fans, I agree. And I think it's going to bring a lot of eyes to Wednesday nights. I, for one, am excited to see Charlotte Flair versus uh, EO at some point. Um, hopefully not off the get-go, because ain't no way she's losing that title so quickly. But, um, I, you know, I think Rhea has title shots in her future, and she'll get it back. And I don't really think it hurts her per se. Also, it came out that she has to go back to Australia, because her work visa is up. Right. So that could be another factor into why we are the way that they are at this point in time. Because even if she kept the title, she would be in another country. And yeah, then what I would we do? I can't sit here and speak to how all that's working, especially with yeah, the current environment that we're in. It's hard to know. But you got to plan better. Definitely. You know? Oh, 100%. Like, and we will never know. And Charlotte makes sense in winning. But if if if, if at the end of the day, this really was, and maybe it's probably not, but if it really was a visa issue that's now sending her back, and one, you have plenty of talent in NXT with the pre-records and everything to build a number one contender without Rhea having 100%. to be there, so you could have bought your time. But if this is really something that comes down to something as simple as a visa issue, WWE, you done fucked up. You know what I yeah. mean? You just have. Now, with that said, very small possibility, because I feel like they would be on top of that type of uh, red tape, so... They would be. And I feel like Charlotte would have won regardless. Um, but yeah, sure. it's just an interesting part of conversation to touch on because, you know, that is a huge deal that she will be gone for the foreseeable future till they can work that out. And, you know, in our uncertain world, who knows? Right. Um, another thing of who knows or why the F. Uh, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley with Lana. Oh, God. First of all, why did Lana dye her hair that ashy brown color? I have no idea. Holy Jesus. Crazy. She's why such a she good blonde. That? She was a great blonde. Uh, she would look good in other hair colors. That hair color is not for her because you can tell that the blonde is still peeking through. So sure. in parts, it looks so much lighter than other parts. And looks it's just terrible. Yeah. I, it's terrible. And she looks terrible because her eyebrows, they dyed the same color. Bad move for his skin tone. Just going to throw that out there right now. I don't, I don't like anything about I mean, think of it this way. Like, let's think of they like went black. Anyway. Yeah, right. Well, true. Uh, uh, but like, let's say they went. Let's say they went black. Right. And then you got that Oksana kind of look going on. And that doesn't really read well either. The red of, of Eva Marie wouldn't work either. She's a blonde. Let her be blonde. Like, just be blonde. You know, be and I get it. There's blonde. a lot of blondes right now. You're trying to get Liv over. You got Charlotte in there. You know, 
you know, you're trying to bring a little diversity now that Carmella's out, I think, for a little while. You know, you're kind of giving her the old Carmella look. But mm-hmm. she ain't no Carmella. You know? <laughs> so I just don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I just don't get it. I hate everything about it. And her dress didn't fit her either, which is terrible. Yeah. She's got a beautiful body. Don't don't wear stupid shit. I, I can't with that. And plus, Bobby Lashley, why are we even doing this? Why? This is another Elias Baron Corbin for me. Except with people that I actually, well, with one person I actually like, yeah. which is Aleister Black. This is not a match that needs to happen at WrestleMania. No offense. Um, I think Aleister's great. I also didn't think it needed to go seven minutes and 20 seconds. What is the story that we're telling? This is trash. It should be uh, quick in and out and let's be done with it. Because there was a lot of things on this card that I felt were just a little too long. And could have been better served with minutes shaved. Not such a drastic difference, but minutes shaved. I understand you're trying to build Aleister Black, uh, and I'm all for that. But I don't know. It felt weird against Bobby Lashley. He's got a whole different weirdness to him himself. I think without a valet or without a hype man, he's in trouble because he doesn't have any personality. And it seems like they're going that angle with him now and breaking up with Lana, which, I mean, great. I'm fine with that. But I don't know. I'm not. You just spent my entire summer being invested, trying to get me invested in this telenovela um, that is... That is this you know, Spanish soap opera of Bobby Lashley, Rusev, and Lana, right? And then the blow-off, the blow-off at WrestleMania is she comes into the ring, she gives or she gets she gets up on the apron and tells him, Don't go for the the the, the running power slam. Go for the spear. He agrees to it and he lines up the spear only to get the black mass and lose the one, two, three, and now he's just going to turn on her. And say, I maybe I need to do something new. Maybe I need a new wife. And then walks the fuck away. Like, I'm sorry. But you talk about, like, a non-payoff. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm investing, if, I, if I'm investing cash into this storyline, right, I'm like the stocks. And I'm dropping, right? I am out of money. I owe money. I'm in so much debt with how much time I've committed to this. Thank goodness I haven't, right? Hashtag watch stardom. But it is one of those things where... I think that this match, the reason I don't have a major issue, I have a major issue with the story they're trying to tell, but I don't have a problem with this match because a lot like Corbin versus um, Corbin versus um, uh, Elias is they're trying to fill three hours on two nights and they needed a filler match on both nights. You know what I mean? They need a ways to fill the card. Uh, it's WrestleMania. If this was an eight hour WrestleMania on one night, we wouldn't have either one of those matches. And if we did, it would be on the pre-show. Right. Unfortunately, Alistair Black has to fall into this range because they do not know how to use dark characters on uh, on 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 well in WrestleMania, but in WWE in general, right? Outside of the Undertaker, which obviously, I mean, you can make the case for Bray, but man, how many times have they screwed up Bray over the years? A right? lot, a lot, you know. And so, I don't have trust that they can get Alistair Black over in his current iteration. He's Tommy End at the end of the day, and Tommy End is a good fucking wrestler. So you can do something with Tommy if Alistair Black doesn't work out or if you're not willing to commit to what he needs to be the guy that he is. But it is one of those things where filler match, seven minutes. The story that they're telling is that now we're going to get the blow off between Bobby and Lana. I'm hoping Rusev comes back into the picture and we get Rusev-Lana wedding at SummerSlam 2020. Oh, God. Well, (laughs) I'm sure a few people will join you. I will not. But... I'm sure there will be some. But let's talk about something, speaking of love. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful love. 
Yes. Not really a lot to say about the match because it served its purpose mm-hmm. for what we really wanted at the end. But I will say, Sonya Deville looking like a whole goddamn meal. Good Christ, lady. Yeah. She looks good. Right. Oop, she's on my list of wives. Good mm. Christ. The best decision they ever made was getting her hair long and putting it down. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. Her and yeah, Ziggler she... look good together as a pairing. Like a like a team. Yeah. Not a romantic thing, obviously, but a team. No. Yeah, I like that team. I like because she's the strong. She's the heavy in that she's relationship. And I dig that. Um, she's like the stereotypical uh, New, New Jer- Italian, New Jer- or the New Jersey Italian princess, but like that got out. You know what yep. I mean? That realized like, oh, shit, I don't want to be this. But I, that is who I am. So there's always going to be a piece of that. You know what I mean? And I just, I mean, shit, I, I'm on these because I resonate with that. I love that personality. I love that swag. Um, oh. I love the disdain she has for most things. Uh, so across the board on that side of it, I agree. I think there was a little couple, there was a couple too many straps on the top. You know what I mean? But overall, it was a good aesthetic. Um, the match, I mean, you you saw my Twitter during this. Yeah. This was all about... Otis get it, or Dolph Ziggler getting his comeuppance for being a scumbag. Um, yep. And it was fun, and I, you know, needed to be treated as fun. And I saw one person on Twitter who was, like, trying to treat this as if, like, I'm going to break down the 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 technical side of this match. Fuck off. Like, you know, I don't mean that in a personal <laughs> sense. I just mean that in, like, a sometimes you just got to relax and enjoy what you're watching. And exactly. that's what this was. This wasn't supposed to be anything. You know what I mean? Like, this is supposed to be a payoff. And it was a fun payoff. Mandy coming out at the end, helping. And then we get the Cinderella moment of of the Beauty and the Beast together, you know, as, as Mandy's, or as the music hits. It's just everything that you want in a good story. Mandy Rose needs something because oh, her in-ring attire is atrocious. You know, her coming out in a bathing suit with the entire midsection cut out, just wearing a bra underneath, and all of it is the same gold sequin bullshit is garbage. Everything about her fashion choices um, that WWE makes for her is just terrible. She hasn't... Her in her normal wrestling gear is okay every once in a while, but she's not really a great wrestler yet. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, you know, like you don't really want to buy into the athleticism side because she's a pretty face and that's kind of what she is. She's like the model side of the WWE women's division. And that's cool. You, you need that role. And she plays that role really, really well. And she's fun and she's got personality and she's got acting chops, kind of. And so yeah. across the board, you know, like there's things you can do with her. But you can't have her come out to the... Why not just wear jeans and a leather jacket? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, wait, let her be a little Otis. You know, like, well, let her be like a little, like, you know, like she's Heavy changing machinery. her... Heavy machinery, yeah, a little Yeah, a little bit. Little you know what I mean? Give me like a sexy, like, you know, give me like the Arisa yellow jacket that we see in Stardom from time to time. You know what I mean? Give me like a little attitude to her as she comes up to go against attitude in... You know, um, uh, uh, Daria Baronado, because you're going to need it. You know what I mean? Like, Mandy, you can't just get in there and rough it up with her. She's going to kick your ass. You need a little edge. Go get a leather jacket, make it a midsection, come out with some, I don't know, red, bold lipstick on, and put your hair up, square up, and go beat some ass, because that makes a lot of sense to me in the long run. 
I think she'd look great in like a a Sandy from Greece when she turns. Oh yeah, sure. You know uh-huh. the little, the bigger, not the short, long hair, but a little bit of tell me about it, like that little vibe. Yeah. I think would look good with her. Soft-spoken, keep her hair long. Like, yes, soft spoken, yep. but she's not afraid. And a, a cropped leather jacket. I would have loved to see a cropped top to match heavy machinery shirts. Hilarious. Yeah. I would have loved that. And the rose on the back of the jacket and some jeans, some cuts. Yeah. I'd be into that. Even black right. jeans, I'd dig. Anything that gives her a little bit more dynamic and makes her feel like I'm on Otis's team now. Like I've made my right. choice. Like, yes, I'm he calls her his little peach. I think that's adorable, or his beautiful peach or whatever. I think that's sweet. So like embrace that a little bit. If you're gonna make the turn to like join him, then let's let's go there. Just um, don't wear a jean jacket. Don't wear a jean jacket. I'm not into that. Not into that. Make it leather. It'll look good better on her anyway. Pop a red lip. We're good. Yeah. Um, super good feel good uh, moments. Of course, we got what we wanted, and Otis is an absolute national treasure. And if you don't believe that, at me, we'll talk. <laughs> now, at a very weird spot in this card, we get the longest match of the entirety of WrestleMania. 36 minutes and change of Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match that took a tour of the PC that had commentary talking kind of softly, like we're at a golf course sometimes and sometimes getting loud for no reason. I could have just done without the commentary. Just like, don't talk. Let me, let me absorb this moment. Um, You know, we constantly hear that WWE doesn't invest in storylines and they don't give us those long matches and we don't get that longevity and we don't get to get the payoff for something like this. And they gave us a 30 minute, 36 minute long match around the PC with very dangerous spots, some weird callbacks to things that probably shouldn't have called back to, uh, and, and some real moments where you thought for sure that someone was going to get hurt. I bought into all of that. I put my phone down. I watched it. I got nervous at parts because Edge was doing this thing with his hands, like he was checking for feeling, and boy, I bought into that. I was like, oh, God, not his neck. But, like, that's perfect. That's what I want. And Randy was great. The storytelling was great. This has been the best thing that they've built from Rumble to Mania Night to... It was perfect. And and I argue as well that Randy was really the one that carried the story because Edge was off for a lot of it, selling the fact that he got hurt so bad, right? right. So Randy did such a great job steering the ship, making it personal, uh, the character that he that he developed. You know, when Randy Orton invests his time into something, it's excellent because Randy phones it in a lot because he can, I guess, he feels <laughs> like, right? Uh, but for this, I don't know. I, I feel good about it on one hand, and then on the other hand, I don't feel good about it. This match is apparently repeating itself on NXT with Johnny Gargano and Ciampa. I don't know how they're going to make it feel any different, but that's apparently what's happening. And one of them's coming out, and one of them's not, which is exactly the stir. I don't know what's going on. But overall, I think the end justified the means. I think the payoff, ultimately, we got what we wanted. The story was good. The love-hate was good. The emotion was good. I don't know that I want to say I hated that it was almost 40 minutes. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to say that. But could it have been 25, 27? Yeah, I could, I could see that. 
What do you think? They could have shaved a lot off of this, in my opinion. Um, okay. The only thing bad about this match was the length. We can get into how they gimmick the rooms and how they move from one spot to another. And I can nitpick this thing apart and talk about all the reasons on why I thought it was annoying to watch. Right. At the end of the day, really, what it comes down to is. Edge and Randy do they don't need all this to have the match. So I said before that I had an issue um, and I teased it for night two. And here's my issue, because we know what happens, right? We know what the the rest of the card looks like. Mm -hmm. And Edge and Randy could have been that highlight one-on-one match that you're looking for as the standout. It could have been Kofi versus Daniel Bryan from last year, right? It could have been Rock, Stone Cold. Now, I'm not saying to the level, right, of a Rock, Stone Cold, but I'm saying, like, there's that one-on-one match match every year that you look forward to and whether you're a new japan mark like myself and you're looking at shinsuke versus aj to be that and whether they hit it or not irrelevant that's what you're looking forward to Mm -hmm, that's what mm -hmm. edge and randy could have been you had the investment with beth phoenix you had the fact that they have this crazy history uh, tag team champions and going for the titles against one another and kind of coming up the same you have all these things that you can play off of to just have a classic singles match that means something on WrestleMania, the biggest night of them all, right? And instead, you did a last man standing match, which isn't easy. But really, what makes a last man standing match is the crowd. It's moving in and out of the crowd, right? It's finding things in the arena to utilize to your advantage. Okay, well, when it's empty... And you don't have the charisma and the charismaticness of like a Mankind versus Rock, which we got at halftime heat, you know, a decade ago. Then what you're really looking for is that tenacity and the buy-in. Okay, well, I had that. And then I lost it. And then I had it again. And then I lost it. And then I had it again. (laughs) And then I lost it. And then finally, the lasting image, right, ultimately brought me back with the concerto at the end, which – and then you just have – uh edge standing there and the intensity and and randy lying there and and that's the lasting scene okay that's impactful as a motherfucker but man there's about there's probably about eight to nine minutes in this match and you could have just cut the hell out that would have kept me more engaged and given me more satiation as a fan to what this story could have been this likens me back to orton versus Triple H sure. at WrestleMania with the whole wait no 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 I'm sorry was it yeah that's exactly what yeah. it was it was those two where it just didn't hit the story was there and the commitment from Steph and everything that kind of went into it was there and the match just it just didn't it just didn't punch the way you expected it to this was the same because I had my own way of looking at this match and where they were trying to come through for me. There is too much, too much fluff, right? These guys, they, they, the fans won't expect that we'll go 36 minutes. Yeah, no shit, because you shouldn't be going 30, because the because the story doesn't necessitate a 36-minute match. You know what I mean? Especially with no people, no, you know, it's just, I thought it was a bad decision to have the match go as long as it did. With that said, there was a lot of good spots in this, and it was a good overall last man standing match. It just... You killed us with 36 minutes. You really did. 
Yeah. It could have been shorter. I think uh-huh. there's things that they, that weren't necessary in the travel. <laughs> yeah. There were some spots, I think, that stood out and, and should have been obviously kept in there. But speaking of things that were forgettable, Gronk won the 24-7 title. Good for him. He jumped off a balcony and not social distancing with all of these other wrestlers. Cool for you. Don't know why we needed that to happen, but here we are. Yep. So that was crap. And yep. then... We rolled into the Raw Tag Team titles, the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory with, of course, Selena Vega. Um, as I said on Headlock Talks podcast earlier this week, uh, Street Profits are great. I think they're really funny and I enjoy them. And I think that when you have an empty arena, you want Montez Ford on your side because that man is a loud He's entertaining. He articulates everything he says. You can buy in to what he's giving you and you feel the hype. So like that is perfect. The okay. rest of this should have been thrown away just like Selena Vegas crown. Cause <laughs> goodbye girl, girl. Bye. I can't with you. I understand her role. And I think she's of the three people there. She's the best in terms of that on that team. And I understand you're filling in for Andrade and blah, blah, blah. And I think Austin theory is cool. Don't understand why he's with them really yet because they haven't flushed out that story other than he's a substitute. So like, let's figure that out, which is fine. Um, But I'm hoping it's temporary because I feel like he needs to shine in NXT, but that's another story. I I didn't really care for this, Um, but I will say uh, I loved that it was short and the best part about it is WrestleMania has EST, and we got our girl, Bianca Belair, coming out looking like a straight queen, kicking some ass. And then, of course, we get the announcement on Raw that uh, she goes here now, mm-hmm. and she is the EST of WWE now on Monday Night Raw. Banger of a decision. Yes. I'm very happy about that. You know, mm-hmm. there are there are, Becky didn't win the um, championship at NXT. Look at her now. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to. Would it have been nah. nice to have seen Bianca as champion? Sure. I would like that. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be. And this program with Selena is going to be what it is. But once we get to the good good, oh, honey. Whew, can't wait for her to face Becky Lynch and take that Raw Women's title. It's coming. And I can't wait. Yeah. I'm some excited. stars are bigger than the championships. And Bianca proved that at the Royal Rumble. Like you, you could have given her the title and you could have given her a decent run. But there's money in her. You know, oh, yeah. and why give her a developmental title? No, uh, why give her a... Uh... Oh, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm Josh. Kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but why give her a title when you can go put her on the main roster in front of the masses, right? Sure. And that's ultimately this. It's bittersweet because I'm a tag team fan, right? And I don't mind. I like all four of these people, and I love Zelina, right? Thea Trinidad is my shit. But... It's bittersweet because you utilized a Raw Tag Team Championship match at WrestleMania to put over a call-up from NXT, right? That had no bearing on the match whatsoever. Sucks for them. Amazing for us, right? Because Bianca deserves to be here. Bianca deserves to have a WrestleMania moment, if not many WrestleMania moments in the future, this was a good spot for her. She burned the four people in the ring to do it. 
and I'm okay with that because it's not like you had a tremendous amount of investment with these four anyway. Uh, with regards to why they were going over the titles to begin with, it seemed or slapstick. It seemed as if it was something where they could have been attacked by Drew and Brock prior to the match, and the match never happened, and I would have been okay with it. Um, and instead, they used it as an uh, as a launching off point for Bianca Belair. Okay. I'm on board with that. You made me care about this match. You made me remember this match next year. You're going to make me remember this match a year from now. That wins, but you're doing it on the heels of a call-up, not because of the people in the ring. And that's a tag team title, for God's sakes. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, if it was just a normal match, fine. <laughs> Come on, you got, a, you got gold on the line. You know, like... Yeah, but you know how they feel about tag team wrestling in WWE. Know, Come you on. The Street Profits a little, a little rub. You know well, they, I mean? they kept it, so and they it's kept true. it again on Raw. So I mean, at least there's that. But I, I agree. If it yeah. had been with Andrade, this would have felt weirder, you know. But the yeah, fact it's almost that like it they needed to do it, right? Right, right. right. It gave us something else to care about because this was just kind of messy. Yeah. Um, and they get it with that. somebody that we wanted to see, and we've been right. waiting for the call up for a while. So again, all good things in the end. It's just funny because it's because when you look at it, it's like holy shit, that's a championship match. You know what I mean? That just kind of got overshadowed by a call-up. Um, okay. And you know what, though? At the end of the day, I'm not, I don't have a problem with it because Bianca's worth the overshadow. You know what oh, I mean? 100%. 100%. Oh, absolutely right. And I, and I would argue that they kind of shit the bed on all of their title matches for the most part. <laughs> right. So. Shout out to Zelina, though. Um, again, those cutouts aren't easy on those pants. We've talked about it for an example. Yeah, for, she could pull it off, though. She can. She's got the. She she does. She has just enough hip for it. It's interesting because I hate the cutouts every time I see them. But then she starts moving it, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It works. It it's works a weird so dynamic. Well. Very weird. Speaking of uh, weird dynamic, my friend, uh, this match lasted way too fucking long, and I hated all of it. So <laughs> SmackDown Women's Championship in a fatal five way elimination, where they treated Tamina like the Big Show, and uh, <laughs> hated that. Hated all that. I, I really didn't like anything right. about this at all. I thought Sasha looked like a million dollars. I thought yeah. Naomi and her hair and her glow. Oh, God, it's good. Uh, but that's another waste. Lacey Evans completely phoned it in. Generic, blah. I was expecting another beautiful olive green moment. We got none of that. Terribly sad. Uh, and Bailey looks, I can't with her. That 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 top, this, I don't even know what that is. I hate it. Um, and, you know, she retained the championship, whatever. Teasing Sasha, turning. Uh, Bailey let her friend get eliminated by Lacey. Ended up being ba- uh, Bailey versus Lacey in the end. Uh, and uh, I guess we're setting up for SummerSlam. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. I think so. I, I, I just, I really hate, I really hate this whole thing. Uh, I, I was so excited for Bailey to finally turn heel because she was so over babyface for so, so long. And we get it, and it's like lackluster. The bob, I don't really like. I like the black hair. I like that. I just don't like the cut of the bob. I don't like her weird cat eye eyeshadow. Though I will tell you that this is the first time that her outfit at least made a little bit more sense. There wasn't, like, things painted in her hair, and there wasn't, like, a crown weird Cleopatra-esque thing on her head. I don't know. So there's that, but ultimately I think Sasha looks great. This was just a picture of disappointment for me in the women's division right now. It's a tough one for me because I think I'm on the other side of this um, most of the time. So 
I like WrestleMania when people that probably don't deserve to be there get there um, and get a check. Mm-hmm. And Tamina yeah, got a check. Yeah, and Tamina got a check. And I'm okay with Tamina getting a check. Go get your money. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't doing anything. You can get on the, you can sneak your, sneak your way onto this card and you can, you can put in six and a half minutes and you can walk away with something. I don't know how much she gets for this, but let's say she walks away with something. Okay, good. Go get your money. Oh, yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Get paid, girl. Uh, so I'm good with that. Naomi's always fun. Um, I don't know what I want out of Naomi. I love the hair. You know what I mean? I love the color. I love the dancing. I love the shtick still. Like, I'm a big glow guy, but. Are they going to make that champion again? They're going to make that character champion again. I don't think so. I know. So then it's like you're stuck in wrestling purgatory in a sense to where you're not really going to vie for a title. And here's the thing. Naomi's good enough to have a title. You know, oh, yeah. she just is good enough to have the title. And so does she need a switch from something that I really do enjoy? Does she need to make the switch? Because they're not going to commit to her in her current form. I don't believe at least not right now, which means that she's going to be sitting for 10 months unless she can get with a tag and maybe get the tag titles i don't know but then you need somebody to match on the other side of her and she's so her you know she's such an individual with how she goes out there and does what she does that can anybody fucking match that i don't know man that's she's on an island Tough. you know what i mean um lacy eh i want to like lacy i really do want to like lacy i think she's gotten better in the ring i think her promos are better than most i want to like lacy I really do, but um, no, not tonight. Not tonight. It wasn't her best moment, um, for sure. I thought she had a good moonsault at one point. Mm-hmm. I thought she had a good women's right uh, that she pegged, but overall, she just, you know, we talk about the wrestling fashion side of things a lot, and you brought it up to me in, in text message during the show, like, the seam line on her nylons. Oh. Just, I get what they're going for, but sometimes it's just so bold with that super black stitching up the back where you're just kind of st- like, I get it. You want me to stare at her ass. I got it. She's got a good ass. But at the same time, like I need more out of that because it's a fucking distraction. You know what I mean? What do you want me to stare at the stitching or the ass? You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I find myself. And again, they want me to do that. You know what I mean? Like, so why just have standard stitching up the side or have no stitching at all. Like, but it's so bold. It's, it's distracting, you know what I mean, from what she does in the ring. Like it just is, because it's an eyesore. Um, but she's always had character that. either. Not really. I mean, I don't know enough about the nineteen what the nineteen twenties to nineteen forties to know if that's how nylons were wore. I don't know. Not I, all the way not, up to your ass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely <Goodbye>. not. <laughs> all right. So it's just this weird thing that they got going on with her. Um, but you know, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, different strokes, I guess. Sasha is just stunts like she is just on next level with everything. Her bravado is just, you know what I mean? Like you don't fuck with Sasha. I don't understand how people fuck with or want to fuck with Sasha. Like she's just, man, she got the confidence. You ain't going 10 feet near her. You know what I mean? Like she's just when she's on and she's in that character, she's the most intimidating motherfucker in all of WWE, in my opinion, because she just owns and oozes charisma uh, and confidence and just I love everything about her. I love everything about what she does. I love the hair. I love the outfits. I love, you know, when she's when she's just wearing casuals. Right. And she's out there and she's just doing her thing. She owns the fact that she's 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 a superstar. You know what I mean? And I just appreciate that type of commitment to that character uh, character work. So I have no problems with Sasha or, uh, with her. I'll get back to her. Bailey. 
okay, like you're the best wrestler in that ring right now um, out of those five. And you showed it again. You know, you didn't really have too, too many slip ups this time around. She still doesn't really connect on her punches as well. That's always been an issue with her. It's better, mm-hmm. but it's still every once in a while she throws a punch and it just phew, right past the person's face and the camera angle is always wrong for it. Like they do it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, I like the white. I don't mind the Karen haircut. I hate the personality, which I think works. Um, I think all that works together, you know. Um, but really, at the end of the day, this was another filler match with five people to tell a story for six months from now. And it's like, you can accomplish that on SmackDown. Right? 100%. You can, can accomplish that without five people in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, I like the story they told. I like that Sasha came back and protected her friend's championship. I like that she's kind of playing second fiddle to Bailey right now. Um, I like this because it's either going to allow Bailey to turn back into the face at some point with Sasha's bravado takes over, or it's going to get people reinvested back in Sasha for so ultimately the underdog story takes over with Bailey. The problem is, is that are you really going to invest in Bailey moving forward as being this nonstop person on like they have the roster for her to be nonstop because they got nobody on mm-hmm. SmackDown. But at the same time, like even when there's the payoff is there, am I really going to buy? So, I mean, again, I had Sasha Becky at Hell in a Cell. You know yep. what I mean? It was so good. And now I got to believe that, you know, Becky or that Sasha's going to play second fiddle to Bailey. It works with the friendship. But ultimately, sure. when that comes to an end, do I really expect Bailey to get the to, to get over on on Sasha? No. So now I'm just kind of now I know where this is headed. Now I'm going to have to wait till SummerSlam to get the payoff for it, which means I don't need to check in. To, to SmackDown for this storyline until then. 100%. Right. Let's wrap that up right there beautifully. That is exactly right. I don't give a shit about this until August. So thanks for doing that. <laughs> I'll just tune in for Sasha's dope jackets. Uh, Becky, take some notes, homie. All right. So I want to skip this next match because I want to end on this because of the fact that the championship match with between Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar was so short. Um. You know, we got what we wanted here in terms of the payoff from the Royal Rumble of Drew being super dominant. It was a little bit, uh, even Mr. Queen said it to me, it was a little bit like finisher versus finisher, which was kind of like Goldberg Strowman again. But, you know, different people, whatever. It was Claymore versus F5. Um, It was a little messy in parts. And that is because Brock doesn't normally do well with people that are bigger than him or same size. And he does better in matches when the guys are smaller. That's just, I mean, if you look at any of them in the in the past, it's been excellent. Um, and that's not a knock on Drew. It just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, ultimately at the end, we have a new champion, the uh, Scottish psychopath, which he isn't really anymore because his face uh, is the new WWE champion. I'll tell you that it feels good. I'm glad to see Brock Lesnar go. It's the right time uh, for that especially now. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll see him again. That, that's not the last of Brock Lesnar or anything oh. by any means. But uh, it's nice to see the belt on Drew. It was a feel-good moment for him if he watched his little chronicle before Mania uh, that night. It was pretty dope to see how excited that he was for this moment. And yeah. uh, it was cool that he got it. Yeah, happy with the happy with the the the, the result of the match, I guess. Um, I mean, pretty pretty obvious that that's what was going to happen. Like sure. the fact that they closed, you know, Brock Lesnar. I know this is going to sound this is a bad take, but Brock Lesnar deserves to close WrestleMania 
The problem is, is that this wasn't a Brock Lesnar match that closes WrestleMania. And I don't know if that's right. because the people weren't there or whatever. But, I mean, come on. Like a four-minute, four-and-a-half-minute, you know, finisher match back and forth between these two. Like, Brock Lesnar, when he wants to go, he'll go. Like we oh, saw yeah. it with Roman a couple times. We saw it with Daniel Bryan. We've seen it with Seth Rollins. Like, the dude, when he's invested will go when he's not invested like Dean Ambrose in the street fight oh, a few years ago. Terrible. Boring. Drew McIntyre deserved more out of Brock Lesnar and he deserved more out of booking to put on a better, more compelling match than a four and a half minute finisher exchange. With that said, all of this was in culmination of Brock Lesnar, uh, of Drew McIntyre on the top rope with the, with the title up in the air with very smartly, mind you, Brock Lesnar, pretty much dead behind him with the spotlight down on Brock Lesnar. The finishing picture, the image, and the, the photo ops that were the end of this told a better story than the, than, the, than the story we got in ring, and that's annoying. But at the end of the day, WrestleMania 36 isn't going to be remembered for Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. It's going to be remembered for coronavirus, two nights, no crowd, and and these special matches that we got both night one, night two. Yeah. It's a shame because it's the main event of night two, but at the end of the day, Drew McIntyre got his moment, got his championship, got his main event. Now go make the man a star because you haven't up to this point. Yeah, I'm excited for him to do that, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this character, who he's going to face next. Mm-hmm. And what's what's coming up for the Scottish champion? I'm, I'm pumped for that. I've, I've been a fan of Drew for a very, very long time, yeah. and this is really cool to see his story culminate yeah. in the end. And you're right, that picture is what I will remember. Yeah. I don't. I won't care about the match really. So no. I guess he needs it was, a crowd fast. He needs a crowd fast. He does because he feeds off that and it works for him, it especially does. in this character that he has going on right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for that. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about here before we wrap it up is the Fiend versus Bray Wyatt uh, versus Bray Wyatt. <laughs> nope, the Fiend is Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. So you did get to see them separated, so that was kind of cool. Uh, in a Firefly Funhouse match, which mm-hmm. of course wasn't a match. No. It was a psychedelic Willy Wonka adventure down the tunnel in the boat. <laughs> That's how I saw it from from when it began. Um, there were a lot of things in here that I thought were absolutely brilliant. Big ups to John Cena and Bray for really investing in the story. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. However, here's my problem. And I said the same thing on Headlock Talk, and I still feel the same way now. I haven't watched it yet again. I said I'm going to give it a few days and then try to watch it again. But here's my issue. My issue with this match is this felt like the end of John Cena, or at least that's what the story that I felt they were trying to tell. Going through a this is your life moment with John Cena, which I think is cool in any other circumstance than this one. The match was really only, quote unquote, confirmed by Cena himself on the go home show of SmackDown. And what they've built, you know, they're trying to tell the story of like, you know, you broke me, Cena. You're what made the fiend come out to save me and and all that stuff, which is cool. But If you're going to go this route and you're going to put this much time and investment into that piece of of 13-minute cinematography video, 
where was the build for that, I guess, is my problem. Take a look at what we were just talking about half an hour ago with Randy versus um, Edge. They had a build from Rumble to Mania to really sell that story and invest in that story and give us something. Even The Undertaker and AJ, which was much less of a weekly build, had more investment. But then you give us this John Cena satire, this is your life, kind of like totally railroading the guy, even singing Nikki Bella's theme song to his face, which I thought was brilliant, by the way. Loved that. Loved it. And just showing the intricacies of John Cena's failures, the ruthless, ruthless aggression segment, which if you haven't been watching that series, it's actually very good. Yeah, I actually have. I, I watched it on Saturday. I was so like, oh, good, this right? is actually good. Yeah. It was pretty good. And and they talk about in Cena's episode how that moment was a failure for him. It t- it's it the ends. only reason I connected with that side of it is because I literally just watched it. Yeah, and it ties yeah. it all in. And the NWO Hollywood vibes and, you know, like, his movie career and all of his things that didn't go well for Cena, they flashed and they went through this whole thing. And then, you know, the fiend ends up obviously victorious with Bray, uh, the alter side counting as the referee for it to be over. But my, my, my real thing here is why I don't believe this is the last of John Cena. I think it's the last of him for a little while because he has movie contracts but I don't think that we've seen Cena's last match. I have no doubt that he will sign a Legends contract. I have no doubt that we will see him in lots of other places. But right now, he's going to go away. Okay. But why are we getting this moment here, JPQ? That is what I don't understand and what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I thought it was a weird pivot when they took the title off of Bray, mm-hmm. brought John Cena into it. I like, again, you're thinking outside the box. Yeah. You're trying to bring Firefly Funhouse to WrestleMania. You're doing it in an unconventional way. And at the end of the day, I have to sit here and I have to, my baseline for wrestling is, did I enjoy it or did I find myself uh, losing interest? And from start to finish of this, they had me engaged the entire time. This was not a wrestling match. Yeah, by definition, you can call it a wrestling match, but it wasn't a wrestling match, right? It was a production. It was all character driven, you know what I mean? And it was, you know, there's been rumors online on what it was supposed to be with it being a promo live at WrestleMania, a lot like The Rock, you know, and things like that. And the Fiend was going to come out, then John Cena was going to come out, and there's a whole back and forth between the two, and you're going to see some cutscenes and some things. And Okay, maybe. Maybe. But I thought this would have been better. This would have been better than, than the promos in Ring with the live audience. Mm-hmm. I think this is um, two of the best talkers in WWE and two of the most creative people in WWE finding a way, finding harmony with their characters to be able to make sense of, what, 15 minutes? now probably not that long eight nine minutes um and tell a pretty compelling meta type of story um i thought it was cool i thought it was neat i thought it was different by no means was this a wrestling match or should this be looked at as a wrestling match or judged or graded as no. a wrestling match right and like if you do that's cool but i can tell you as a wwe casual and that's what i am i don't watch every week anymore right i i've effectively for the better part of almost two years now aren't aren't watching raw and smackdown 
five hours a week live, right? You're lucky if you get 40 minutes combined out of me, you know what I mean? And and I'm certainly not keeping up on the storylines most of the time. Otis and Mandy, I'm keeping up on. Of the course. rest of them on SmackDown specifically, I don't give a shit. What's Sasha <laughs> wearing? What's she doing? You know, tell me about Otis and Mandy. And then I'm moving on with my Friday night. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what my Fridays entail now. The Fiend and John Cena to a WWE casual. Okay, well, we know enough that there's a history there because we saw it a couple years ago, right? We're also intrigued by The Fiend and we know who John Cena is. So I don't need a build to this match for it to make sense to me, right? I don't trust WWE to build to any match. That's not (laughs) royal. Their biggest builds every year are who won the Royal Rumble and what championship are they going for? That's true. You know what I mean? You're right. You're right. Otis Dolph was the best long-term booking, long, short-term booking that we've seen out of them in, like, two years, right? That finally paid off for us, you know? Like, think about the nonsense that was, and I guess maybe Becky winning the title before becoming the man. Like, I thought that was, they told that well, but they kind of lost it on the road to WrestleMania with Ronda and the triple threat nonsense they had there. So, in my opinion, The Fiend and versus John Cena was a good marriage of the WWE diehards who have been asking for something different and want the Bray character to be something more than what they are. In my opinion, this put Bray back in relevancy. Right When he lost to Goldberg, it was like, oh, WWE lost the Bray character. Of course, they ruined The Fiend. You know what I mean? And now you put him in a position to where coming out of WrestleMania... It's one of the more highly regarded matches matches uh, on on W uh, on WrestleMania. But then more important than that, it's one that you know you're going to remember. You know, it was a WrestleMania moment that involved Bray Wyatt. Okay, great. That's us jumping off point. Well, he should, but John, he should he should be more than that. Maybe so, but they've dropped the ball so many times. Mm-hmm. That they finally put him in a position of intrigue and want and need and investment from the fans. They did their jobs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't even look at this like a wrestling match. I just look at this as a story that they're telling. And they told a good one. As far as John Cena, I don't know, six months from now, he's going to be back at SummerSlam or whatever. And people aren't going to think two ways about this. You know what I mean? Like, Fiend's going to move on to something else. You know, this was a one-off type of thing, in my opinion. I can't imagine they're going to dive back into this. Uh, and the fan fiction for The Fiend has started, and I'm interested to see where it goes because everybody has an opinion on it, and that's what's best for business for Bray Wyatt right now. So you got him back into the circles of relevancy in WWE fandom. That's your success coming out of WrestleMania. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I like that part of it. I'm just struggling with the why. It seemed like such a final thing for Cena, and it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I would have loved to see it if this was really the end for the foreseeable future yeah. until he came back as a, you know, a legend, so to speak. That'd be cool. And, uh, you know, cause the other thing was he came out on SmackDown and was like, I think it's time that I, you know, we do WrestleMania without John Cena. I think it's time. And the Bray was like, nope. And he was <laughs> like, okay. You know, it's like, that's lazy. I don't like that. Right. So I guess that's kind of where my struggle was. I think overall the, the actual, like, um, storytelling that they managed in this segment i'm not going to call it a match either it's a segment was really dope it showed they have a lot of investment in bray still and that makes me happy so hopefully 
we see cool things coming out of him in the future. But we'll see. I mean, you know, we're entering a really weird period right now, JPQ, as we're wrapping up here. It's a really strange period. We had the Raw after WrestleMania, which had more matches than they had, but they just kind of kept filming right as they were filming Mania to, to do these things. But we're entering a really strange period right now where Florida is shut down and things are shut down and we're not going to get the same sort of stuff. And, you know, until we come out of it, I'm interested to see what they're going to do to continue to bolster and tell stories yeah. uh, in this very complicated time that we're in. Um, yeah. I think they do movies stuff very well. They tell stories very well. Uh, if you watch any of their chronicles or any of their documentaries, it's really, really good. So maybe they can continue to do these little promo videos. Not quite the same, obviously, because you just did it and, and they should stand on their own. But something new and fresh. Uh, it's it's time to be creative. You know, they have a lot of money. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's mm-hmm. see some cool stuff out of you. Yep, I agree. And that, my friend, is the end. That is it. Both nights of WrestleMania, hashtag wrestling fashion, mm-hmm. hashtag queen of pup connection, breaking it all down for you. And I just breaking have to say, down. thank you so much, buddy, for coming on and chatting with me today, talking all of this awesome stuff, bringing your dope perspective as you always do here now that we're back together again on Smart to Death Radio. It's pretty dope. I know, right? It's funny. Full, full circle, right? Start one place, enter another. Uh, queen and pup connection. For life, right? That's where we're at. But no, thank you for bringing me on. Appreciate you for bringing me on for a little WrestleMania wrestle fashion, hashtag wrestling fashion, uh, because this is fun and this is what it should be. And it should be two friends going back and forth, breaking down what we like, what we dislike about everything in the world of professional wrestling. And I wouldn't do it anywhere else with anybody else than the Queen of Enhe herself. Same, buddy. Well, mm-hmm. as if the people don't know, tell them where they can find you and tell them what you have today coming out for the fans to listen to. Pretty excited. So at Big Pause on a Pop on Twitter, as well as at NPA Podcast, talking all things stardom most of the time. However, this week, today, after you listen to Queen's Court, head over to Smart to Death Radio, head over to No Particular Angle, and check out my interview with none other then the winner of the 2019 Young Lions Cup, Mr. King Carl Fredericks himself. I never got a New Japan wrestler before, right? We have a, we don't even just have a New Japan wrestler. We have a LA Dojo, Mr. Trained by Shibata himself. And we break down what it's like to live with Shibata, what it's like to you know, train at the LA Dojo, how that differs from the New Japan Dojo, how he got into wrestling, obviously, right? All these different things, what his style is, what he's learned, what he's, what his goals are, what's he driven? What was it like being on retainer for the Performance Center? You get all these answers in more this week on No Particular Angle. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, before you listen to this episode, you should listen to that one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm super excited. And everything you do, JBQ, is super, super fun. Hashtag watch stardom. Hashtag queen of pup connection. Hashtag on Wednesdays. We wear purple, people. So I thank do. you again, JPQ, for joining me. And as always, everyone, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Stay home. Okay? Have a good rest of your day. And please continue to be kind to one another. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.